This is CliffCentral.com. Richard, are we on track with the financial pack for my presentation to the board next week? Well, hopefully. The team's very short-staffed, and it's taking such a long time to find a suitable financial manager for the division. We're way behind on all our forecasts and reporting. Why don't you speak to the finance team? They're a consultancy that can help you with an experienced interim financial manager. You can have somebody to help you almost immediately. They'll hit the ground running with no long-term contracts and no upfront placement fees. Go to the finance team.co.za. Welcome to the practical business section of our business masterclass. I'm Richard Angus, CEO of the finance team, your part-time financial executive solution. Joining me in studio today is Safia Boulay of New Habits, Making Shift Happen. Hi, Richard. Nice to have you with us. Also staying on from the previous show, we have Kevin Govender of Ideation Advisory. Thank you, Kevin, for sticking with us, as well as joining us, Leandi Streeter, a business coach and guide from Racecorp. Sorry, Thank you very much, Richard. Good. Good to have you with us. Joining us as a guest in studio is an interesting gentleman by the name of Gordon Tobojo. Gordon, yeah. welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. Now, Gordon is a founder of Tractor. Now, this is a very interesting uh, <laughs> new, new age uh, fintech solution that I've uh, had the opportunity to have some exposure to. It's actually, a, let me call it a sales management tool for FMCGs that want to sell or market their brands into the informal market. Uh, you may call it the traditional spaza shop market, it yep. may, you, you may call it a few other things, but it was, I've had a look at, and you guys are, as I understand it, you're in the kind of uh, launching phases of, of Tractor, yeah. am I correct? Yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about Tractor, what is it, what does it do? Give us a little bit of background so people understand what it is. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Tractor is a sales management uh, tool, like you've said. Uh, we want to bridge the divide between uh, fast-moving consumer goods companies and this puzzle shop uh, market, which is largely informal. And we noticed the gap because uh, we had an experience where we had to go buy bread at the store. This was a while back. I'm sure it was two years ago. And uh, we realized that that's when we picked up the, the problem. Uh, a truck was full of bread and at around about 2 p.m. in the afternoon and the truck owner was trying to sell the bread to the puzzle shop owner. But it happened that the sale did not uh, go through because he was late. And we realized then that there was a problem with the procurement systems, number one, and there aren't any formal uh, mechanisms to do sales for these big companies. And mm-hmm. that is where the idea was like sort of like uh, born from picking up that uh, problem. Okay. Yeah. So just explain to us what the app does. Well, it's a website. Okay. So currently the version that we have, uh, it's uh, you, you're able to, to, to register stores on the, on the system while you're able to get information from the store owner, uh, their buying patterns, and the location. Once you have that, then we are able to then uh, on-sell products to, 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 the, to the store owner through our system. Right mm-hmm. at uh, bargain price. Uh, sometimes the deals will be coming from the uh, the manufacturers uh, themselves. Sometimes it'll be coming from distributors, and then we're able to also help the shop owner to book uh, logistics on the app and mm-hmm. get his goods there without having to leave the store. Mm. Yeah. So I was going to say, I think for me, and and uh, the previous show we talked about the whole question of ownership versus access, and yeah. for me. As a business owner, and the reason why I was so interested in this is 
I know and have seen firsthand the pain that is experienced in that township uh, and, and uh, typical spaza shop type of market where the person, they're running the store. And if they're not there, the store's not running. Yeah. So it's a case of, well, if I have to pack my bags and go and buy stock, I'm closing the shop and I'm leaving. So if I need to be running my store, you know, during certain hours or want it open certain hours, that means I have to go and find my, my supply outside of my normal store, uh, shop hours, yeah. which means I'm shopping, let's call it at less than viable hours. Um, I'm perhaps shopping in environments that are less than viable from an economics perspective in terms of discounts and, and low prices, et cetera. Those, right. those sort of environments are not yeah. often open at the right times for me. And so this becomes a little bit of a vicious cycle because I'm not buying efficiently as a spaza owner. I'm therefore not able to price efficiently and then I'm not able to, uh, to provide, uh, you know, a very effective service. Right. So, you know, I look at this and I go, Oh, okay, great. So I see a, a huge opportunity here because effectively, what you're doing is you're giving uh, the spaza shop owner we're, we're skipping that the ownership uh, leg you know we don't have to own the truck that's going to the, the warehouse or whatever or the yeah. or own the person or employ the person that's going to yeah. go and do my buying I'm not just going to use my website to do my procurement mm. have the logistics happen yeah. and here it comes point uh, point so so effectively you've created an access mechanism yeah. for that spaza shop owner which I think fundamentally to what we were talking about in, a, in the earlier show shifts the ability of the business to actually mm. uh, actually do business. Right. Now, Kevin, I mean, the, this is the type of stuff that you <laughs> you were really excited about when you research. I mean, how do, how does how does this you know model work in your mind? Does does this you know does this address the South African need that you saw in your research? Yes, definitely. I think if you look at it, I spoke earlier about. Um, you want to collaborate and uh, compete. Mm-hmm. So you find uh, with uh, the spaza shops, initially what happens is the owner, as you mentioned, is responsible for everything, for running the business, doing the procurement, trying to juggle all these things uh, uh, while trying to run that shop as an independent person. So with this ability, with the tractor capability, it gives them an opportunity to partner to mm. collaborate with companies out there, innovative companies that have brought these capabilities that allows them to be permanently based in the shop, be able to provide that surface uh, you know, around the clock, be able to generate more sales because you, you are present, but at the same time have the ability to have a company out there that they can partner that will bring what they require, but also uh, give them the ability to generate a view of what they buying and uh, spending patterns are, which will allow them eventually to be able to do this on a regular basis, but also hopefully generate some discounts and economic order quantities from actually the way they buy these things. So it's mm-hmm. it's all win for them. Well, I mean, I can I can say having engaged uh, with the team from Procter and Gamble a few years back. Around some of the challenges that they have uh, in the in the procurement and logistics environment, they they want to support these types of initiatives yeah. and, and and types of businesses. They want to they want to be working with the spaza shop owners and the and the guys at the at the coalface. But the challenge they have is they often just can't get there because the nature of their business is it's large, and it, and it moves at a certain pace and it moves in a certain way. 
and logistically, I mean, you, you can sometimes imagine trying to get one of their big trucks into <laughs> into a township environment to get the delivery to happen is yeah. just not even a start. And never mind, yeah. you know, just from a pure practicality. Oh. So I think you know your 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 concept. Now, how do you solve the logistical element? Talk to us about that for a moment. Yeah, uh, well, with the logistics part of the website or the business, uh, we've partnered with a local startup uh, mm-hmm. called Dropper, which is part of the Me Time Jobs uh, initiative. Mm-hmm. And they um, help us with the logistics. They have access to what forty panel vans that mm-hmm. are twenty in um, the city of twenty and twenty in the city of uh, Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. So it makes life easier for us. Okay. So you know, everything yeah. is shared economy. Yeah, it's a shared economy. You <laughs> well, know, they they are able to 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 do what they're good at, and we're able to get the sales awesome. in. I, you know, I, I think there's a very important. So you, you're also part of the me, me, um, me time jobs, yeah, me time uh, jobs uh, ecosystem. Ecosystem. Yeah. Yeah. This is an ecosystem run by Ian Wright and his team. Yeah. That help uh, entrepreneurs engage yeah. and create ecosystems. Okay, and you can see that ecosystem working here yeah, very efficiently. Yeah. Um, it's also really important that that people realize that. They don't have to be good at everything in the value chain. Oh. I mean, you guys are clearly going, well, hold on a second. We can outsource this to these guys that we, we've met and know and yeah. that works. They can focus on running drop, dropper. Yeah. If I'm right, dropper. Uh, dropper. They can focus on running dropper. We'll focus on running tractor. Yeah. And the combined effort will get us an executed delivery. And yep. yes, you do run a little bit of risk in the form of your delivery is – Dependent on them, mm. but they run the same l- risk of if they don't have you, their business is going to suffer a volume crunch. Yeah. So it's a mutually, you know, what I always call it, you know, like mutually secured success yeah. or destruction if it doesn't work. <laughs> um, no, but it may, it, it, it's you know, it, it's no different to working in any company where one department has to work with the other. You know, you yeah. have to interact with each other and know know what's going to work and what what isn't working. Yeah, we, we looked at it from a point where we wanted to go to market as soon as possible and test the solution. And we, that's when we actually, uh, made the, 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 the collaboration with, with Dropper. And they also serious about their business and we are serious about ours. So mm-hmm. yeah, we just, uh, really trying to, to, to make it happen together as mm-hmm. startups. Okay. Yeah. Yep. You also find there's two uh, business models coming together. There's the traditional business model and there's the disruptive business model. And these two become, as you mentioned, musically exclusive. They start working uh, with each other. At the same time, you know, you're sharing the revenue that's coming through this process, but it actually brings efficiency to both parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the one plus one is three scenario. So I have a question. I'm yes. very interested in how um so the adoption rate within the township with the yeah. spaza shops. How yeah. is that how did you introduce this to the communities and how are they mm-hmm. seeing value in this? And cuz therein lies I mean it's a great solution, yeah. but it doesn't it's not going to um you know achieve that grand vision unless yeah. there's adoption and understanding yeah. and integration and the two parts actually come together yeah well um when we started registering the stores um we're sitting at over 100 stores right now okay. and counting so uh w- when when we're on the ground actually dealing with the shop owners themselves um mm-hmm. some don't understand technology mm-hmm. some do um, or have adopted technology and they have smartphones and we've realized that there's four kinds of 
well, there's two kinds of, 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 of shop owners. There's the one that uh, uses a feature phone and there's the one that uses a smartphone. And normally you'd find all the guys from Ethiopia, Somalia and Pakistan, though they use smartphones, they understand technology. So the adoption from them is huge. We have more of those guys on our system. Do you include South them in, as your clients as well? Yeah, oh, wow. they, they're part of shop owners. So we're not trying to divide the segment <laughs> wow. of the market. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then with the, <laughs> with the South African guys, it, it's been slow. It takes time okay. to, 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 you, you spend about 15 minutes in, in this puzzle shop uh, trying to get this person's information and explain the, 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 the system to them. But when you get to a different uh, uh, um, uh, shop owner, which is more often foreign, uh, it's, it's a quick process. Five minutes, you're in and you're out. Oh, that change thing, eh? It comes <laughs> yeah. up over yeah. and over. Yeah. <laughs> change, change, change. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to be doing a show on change in the next probably two weeks or so. Because I tell you, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge for every mm. business to manage the, the moving targets, mm. um, and moving, the, and the moving technology mm. platform. The owner. The, the owner. Mm. <laughs> now, I mean, it's a tough economic environment out there. It's, yeah. it's not, you know, a walk in the park for anybody. Yeah. How do you, I mean, this clearly helps the Spaza shop owner grow their business. Yeah. It helps the FMCG environment grow yeah. okay through the yeah. volumes that you're moving yeah. um i mean i've seen some stats if i if i'm not mistaken how many i'm just trying to think how many uh sponsor shop owners do you have now on the system well we're well over 100 you well over yeah. uh, 100 so your economies of scale are starting to kick in now yeah it's starting to yeah. kick in i mean there's from the data that we have access to there's over what twenty thousand okay. in Gauteng alone so yeah. it's <laughs> 20,000 yeah. spider shops in Gauteng okay. alone over. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge spectrum for, for growth. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, your, your research shows that the average turnover of a spider shop is about 27,000 rand yeah. a month. A month, yeah. Now that's, that's a sizable number yeah. for an FMCG environment to look at and go, okay, I want a slice of that action. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, if I, if I look at w- where the FMCG world is, they, you know, they are stuck with the, let me call it the traditional, um, let's call it retail markets via their wholesalers that, they, that they're stuck with. Right. Very, um, let me call it traditional margins, for lack of a, a better word, where those margins are there and, and they're under price, compre- uh, you know, price, price pressure. Yeah. Um, you're seeing costs of distribution in those environments growing. So, you know, rents are going up, mm. rates and taxes on, on mm. property in warehousing as well as retail spaces going up, uh, staff costs are growing. So, so constant pressure and on the, on the margins is, yeah. is there. Yeah. And for them to then be able to access a, a spaza shop market that has got a different cost infrastructure and obviously a very different margin Capability is obviously quite attractive to them. Yeah. What, what are FMCG companies saying to you? What are they seeing? Well, the, the adoption from the, the the big guys it's mm. it's been very slow. Okay. But yeah, but we slowly just navigating the B two B sales, um, mm. trying to get a deal, trying to do a pilot, but it's been very slow. Though with the smaller wholesalers, um, life has it. Uh, like <laughs> with the smaller wholesalers, life has been a bit uh, easy. 
you know, for us, you know, they easy, mm. yeah, yeah, they so, so be, partner. Yeah, because the wholesaler is slightly closer to the market, they they understand the importance. Mm. The the guys sitting a little bit further away in their office towers in Santon probably don't <laughs> don't see the market as well. Yeah. It's interesting though that if they were to do the volume times margin calculation and and and, and the numbers involved, mm-hmm. they would very quickly wake up to the size of the market yeah. and its attractiveness, and particularly. If they were an FMCG in a particular industry vertical that they could effectively lock out and mm-hmm. get some sort of exclusivity. I mm-hmm. mean, if you, if you're the exclusive provider in the, you know, in the, um, detergent space on a particular, you know, into a particular, uh, environment or province or something like that, you could make some significant inroads in, in that space. Okay. Terms of market share. You also find that if I was reading your profile and yeah. you also look at different vehicle sizes. So this gives the spaza shop an ability yeah. to reduce their cost by if they, you know, if they're a, a fairly recent spaza shop or the volumes are very small, mm. they can go for a smaller vehicle. So it actually, from economies of scale, it allows them that saving as well. Yeah. But uh, if you look at the, from the FMCT market, this is an opportunity, as Richard said, it's an opportunity for them to lock down more customers or, 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 or part of the customer or strategy mm. is to get new customers mm. because you will find that these spaza shops probably find the lower the, the the nearest place to go and buy these items, mm. even they're more expensive because, yeah. as you mentioned, yeah. they need to uh, be at their shop. Yeah, it's all about time of travel and you time know, of travel. Mm. I, I'm a sponsor shop owner in in Alex. Yeah. I'm going to go to the nearest wholesale mm. point that can get me that item, and it's not necessarily the cheapest. It's also cost. Yeah, mm. yeah. So and, and and transport costs to 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 and from. Now. Just out of interest, I mean, yeah. you guys, um, you, you're doing independent energy drinks at the mo- at the moment. Is yeah, one the, yeah. One of the things you're you're focusing yeah, on. Yeah, focusing on the smaller guys. Yeah. And and how's that how's that going? What's what's that showing you in terms of traction and and concept? Yeah, there's the well, the the spa shop owners still want the the big brands. You know, mm. they still want the big brands because consumers, when they walk in, they want that well known. Energy drink, mm. you know, but they buying in small volumes with the uh, the smaller or the new entrants in the in the mm. in the in the energy drink uh, space. Yeah. They're buying in very small, very very small <laughs> volumes. So yeah. this is so one. That's, that's the, this is one of those sad stories of the big guys are wanted by the consumer, yeah. and yet won't support the mm. chain that allows the. The, the the right people or the potential so, people to address I, the market. I suppose it's also the big guys became big guys because they spent time in the markets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like you're just gonna have mm. to do your you're gonna have to do your dues now. <laughs> yeah, we we gonna have to do that. But you know, the at the end of the day, the the the, the what the, the the owner of that brand has to really create mm-hmm. uh, or market strategy, uh, create marketing strategies to speak to consumers that uh, yeah. they want uh, um, to 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 be loyal to to their brand. Yeah, well, yeah. well, hopefully it shows like this that people it's listen to and, and and think about and and the people at the in the FMCG space. I yeah. challenge them to say, you know, how do they how do they get involved and engaged in addressing the market? And and the reality is they're not doing this for for love. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a market. It's got a margin on it. Yeah. And if the numbers make sense, well, great. Let's make this happen. And if, if the numbers don't, well, they need to tell you the numbers don't work, Gordon, and then, and then say thanks very much. We're not we're not in play with you. Yeah. I think often the 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 answer of no is flowing not from the numbers don't work, but oh, it's just too much 
effort. Um, it, it changes the way we do business, and we don't like change because yeah. we're a big corporate, so yeah, we'd rather not do this. Uh-huh. And as we learned from our previous show, you know, if you were the video store owner or the producer of the DVD, um, you thought you had it sorted until somebody changed your world for you. And uh, access access over ownership arrived, yeah. and the next minute, you know, you, you, your life has changed fundamentally. And, and FMCG could find themselves very much in the same space with a different market strategy. So, yeah, they mustn't get too complacent thinking that their big wholesaler s- distribution strategy is the be-all and end-all. Yeah. Uh, warning to the FMCGs out there. <laughs> <laughs> now, Gordon, I mean, uh-huh. if, if I look at your at your business, I mean yeah. – Obviously, you're going to have to grow, grow into the market. It's it's slow. It's really conceptual stages in, in for all intents and yeah. purposes. Yeah. How do you? What do you see your biggest challenge being in 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 the business? I mean, you've got so many challenges. What is that biggest challenge for a new entrepreneur out there? Well, what, what can entrepreneurs learn from you? Well, in my industry, um, looking at the space that we're playing in, I'd say the. Um, I'd say there's a lot of uh, counterfeit goods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with well-known um, so brands. You know, sure. I, I, if, if you'd asked me to list the <laughs> things you could have told me, that would have been the law. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, how do you compete? Hey? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of counterfeit products on the market. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, we don't know where they're coming from, but there is. I mean, uh, we all know, I'm sure, um, about uh, Grandpa. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found a lot of counterfeit Grandpas um, um, on the market. Uh, yeah, GSK. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that happening. Um, I think that's going to be another, uh, a very big uh, a challenge that we're going to face when we're trying to market or sell to to the spaza shops. Mm. You know, but uh, with uh, some education uh, through the sales guys on the ground, um, we'll slowly get there. And that's interesting because as it's a big challenge for you, I also see there's a hu- there's a huge opportunity to almost. I'm going to use the words carefully here because they are brand sensitive. Mm. Almost Intel inside this. Mm. So, yes, this is a GSK inside product, mm. i.e. it is the genuine thing that you're buying, Mr. Spaza Shop owner. Yeah. And I can guarantee you that because I'm guaranteeing the value chain and the, and the distribution chain yeah. from source. And we're accredited and we make sure that what gets delivered to your doorstep mm-hmm. is actually a grandpa, not some fake counterfeit good. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a nice value add that you're able to give the – Intel inside, you know, genuine product stamp that yeah. many others maybe can't do. Yeah. Okay. So that's an inter- uh, That's a real interesting challenge. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at, it's also a value proposition because mm. it's also if you look at the reputation of these spaza shops, because typically what happens is when people buy products and if these products make them sick, you would find that you'll probably try them once or twice and after that you would walk away. Mm. But if, but by your value proposition is saying is we will give you, we will partner you with the genuine. Original distributor, mm. and hopefully guarantee an element of uh, of, uh, of good products. Mm. Well, Something gonna... interesting I learned um, also was about the the dynamics and the ecosystem around right. spaza shops and the community and the community engagement around uh, spaza shops. Reputation oh. is everything. It's everything, yeah. And um, one of my my client, one of my 
colleagues were saying that they stopped buying a certain herb because she grew up in a in a township uh-huh. from a spaza shop because the lady didn't have it at that particular point in time. Uh-huh. And then they went and they found another person. But in their minds, it has stuck that this person does not have this yeah. and they will forevermore go and buy, even though they'll have it, right. uh, they'll go to their new person and they will support that. So it's very fickle. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the question that I have for you as well is, you know, being able to bring brands to this particular market that actually has got so much potential and there's a lot of, I mean, there's a few billion sitting there in spend. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how price sensitive is this market, especially in the FMCG side, considering that the Spaza shop owner would have had to, you know, otherwise traveled outside, go and yeah. purchased goods? How sensitive, wh- what's that dynamic? Well, with, with the pricing from the FMCG side, well, uh, with the meetings that we've had or the continuing meetings that we continue to have, um, you know, pricing is not a problem, but um, the, 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 the system itself, just using a new system is, is the problem. So the adoption on their side. Yeah, but with the pricing, it, it, it hasn't been um, a question or, or, or a point of contention during our, our presentations. That is has not been uh, that. But for, uh-huh. for, for, for the spa shop owner, obviously, yes, it is uh, a, a, a problem. You know, like we said uh, before, uh, they usually go to the nearest um, small wholesaler mm. within that market and they buy goods at a very um, premium price. Because they not they don't have to travel to downtown um, Johannesburg or, or or in the East Rand or the, mm. yeah to to purchase goods. So they, they they end up just taking that knock just so they can just go to the local market and get the goods back in the store and sell. Okay. Mm. So Gordon, this is such an exciting business because mm. it's a it's a convergence of so many things. It's a convergence of traditional and new. It's yeah. um, a convergence of all the different kinds of sharing platforms. Yeah. Um, what's the big vision for you? I mean, like five, ten years from now, mm-hmm. where is Tractor and what is Tractor doing and how is Tractor impacting right. the landscape? Well, we just, uh, right now, we focused on selling goods um, from the partners that we have to the spa shop owners and then getting that right. Once we can get that right, then we can introduce uh, new uh, uh, value propositions uh, in terms of the fintech space, like payments. We could probably uh, discover <laughs> uh, a new way of uh, uh, creating payments in the market because of it's a cash-only market, and carrying cash is a problem. Um, you know, for, mm. for for the I want to buy shares. it's it's quite interesting that we the the world of fintech mm. is seen as almost this this elusive. Thing out there that 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 people are, are, are a little weary of and, mm. and concerned about, and I must tell you, when when I hear things like this, I mean, I'm so Safi and I are both ex-bankers, <laughs> and we just go like payment streams. This, <laughs> we're looking at this and we're going, that's how we're gonna. And and, and interestingly, yeah. I mean, to 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 the earlier conversation about access and ownership and all the rest, we have we have moved away with the fintech economy. Uh, we've moved away from this thing of you have to have an intermediary that builds trust. 
Okay, because that's what that's what traditionally has happened. Payment streams where people buy and sell foreign currencies between themselves, mm. you know, th- th- that's a bank's nightmare. Mm. Okay, and the banker's nightmare because effectively what's happening is platforms are taking pl- the place yeah. of positions of trust that have been there per- uh, historically, and you're yeah. now in the in this unique position where you can bring two parties, being the sponsorship owner and the you know, the FMCG world yep. together through what would r- traditionally have been a, you've got to sell it to a wholesaler and the mm-hmm. wholesaler's got to sell it and it's got to go for cash. And it's, all of these trust issues often, mm-hmm. FinTech actually steps over the trust hurdle yeah. mm-hmm. and makes it so, let me call it doable. I yeah. mean, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a word, yeah. doable. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it just makes it so possible now. Yeah. Because, yeah. Sorry, no, go for it. So, so if you look at it, I mean, if you look at the sharing economy, the sharing economy is based on, it's a collaborative uh, consumption economy, it's a peer-to-peer, but it's fundamentally based on what they call the trust economy. Yeah. So if you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin is based on a trust economy because it's looking at take, bringing transparency and getting rid of that, that, that the risk that uh, other traditional systems actually bring across. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, we've interrupted you. You're, you're sharing your vision with us, but you can see how excited we are. <laughs> okay, because, you, you got because, shareholders. You got four shareholders in the room. <laughs> because this is very exciting. Because you know, this is not just traditional fintech. This is mm. two big hurdles. In the world out there, the one is the procurement hurdle and the mm. other one is the fintech hurdle and it's yeah. the access hurdle. It's like yes. all just, just magical convergence. I was going to say, I think for me, uh-huh. one of the critical learnings, and, I, and I've had this experience personally with clients, etc., is we need to stop thinking of fintech as the industry and start thinking of fintech as the enabler. Mm. It's no different to how you uh, – a fintech, and I know this might sound really uh, really over the top is no difference to saying I use email and Word yeah. and Excel. Yes. Okay, fintech is an enablement yeah. that enables just so much more than yeah. what we've been able to do yeah. up until now. Yeah. Now, Gordon, as we close out here, yeah. I've got one question that I always ask all entrepreneurs, <laughs> and you have to answer this question for us. <laughs> if you were to go back to when you started out on Tractor, yeah. okay, you've had some learnings, you've had some things, you've had some hard knocks, I'm sure, yeah. things you, you've, you've learned along the way. This is your opportunity to pay it forward. Yeah. So what have you learned in your experience building this world of Tractor yeah. that if you had been listening to a radio show back then yeah. would have saved you a lot of pain and time and energy and effort? It's your opportunity now to pay it forward and give that, share that, share that important nugget of information. Doesn't have to be very specific, just yeah. that nugget of information yeah. to somebody out there who's going to go through their tractor story in their own way yeah. and you're going to help them become a better entrepreneur. What is that one thing? Yeah. Um, well, um, on top of my head, I just think, uh, vetting the people that you'll be partnering with. Ah. Yeah. Vetting the people that you'll be partnering with. Ah. Uh, yeah, um, it'll, if you can do that in the early stages. You know then, what you're dealing with. Yeah, you know who you're dealing with, what you're dealing with. Yeah, and I'm seeing. Yeah, we've been <laughs> burnt. So. Yeah. I'm yeah. seeing Leonie yeah. from Race Corp <laughs> going, yep, that's a critical one. Yeah. Gordon, thank you very much. Yeah, Gordon, thank, founder thank of Tractor, thank you for yeah. joining us. It's been great chatting to you. Yeah. Kevin Governor, thank you for staying with us. Leonie, thank you for staying with us. Safia, thank you very much awesome. for your contribution. Next up, the Youth Leadership Platform. This is cliffcentral.com.